What's up, everybody? This is Word of a Rebel, and I'm going to go ahead and confess something to y'all. Full disclosure, I started seeing a counselor. Uh, I guess you would also call it maybe a therapist. Um, and very simply because I was making a very big transition point. And in this transition point in my life from, from being um, a W-2 employee to being fully self-employed and working on the things that I've been building toward as far as you know the financial activism piece that is really important to me the creativity and really trying to overcome like some of the things that it was bringing up for me from the past um and i want to impress upon the reason why i'm sharing this with you guys is because number one we all have to be more honest more forthright about our emotional needs our spiritual needs even somebody who doesn't cry like I don't really cry that much and a lot of the time people who don't really cry assume that we're stronger and more resilient against these emotional things that we have on the inside because simply we don't cry it still has an impact it has an impact on your body it has an impact on your mood it has an impact on your productivity and we really need to be honest about it and assess it and maybe you don't need to see you know a counselor and like for me like i've seen a counselor like off and on at different times just like in these moments whenever i'm in some sort of a transition and i know for a fact that it's unearthing things for me i'm just honest with myself and i want to encourage you to also be honest with yourself about what it is that you really could benefit from not necessarily something that you need necessarily because i think when you think of necessity you think of like survival right so it might not need to be something that you need, but it may be something that you could benefit from. And why not take advantage of that? You know, if you compare this to um, going to, you know, well, fit, let's say physical fitness, right? So let's say, for example, you know, you don't go to the gym um, and you stay at home. You don't even work out outside. Um, and so you're not really attending to your physical fitness needs or the physical fitness benefits. We know for a fact, like if you get involved in some physical fitness, clearly there's gonna be health benefits. But if you don't get involved in it, you're not gonna develop the benefits. Do you need to participate in physical fitness in order to survive? No, you're probably gonna be perfectly fine, but you may long-term deal with some things. You may also, um, let's say for example, you might have more lethargy. Um, you might have um, mood benefits that you're not taking advantage of by moving more. Um, you might also not be as creative or productive with problem solving because you're very simply not exercising and moving your blood flow through your body, right? So these are things that you don't necessarily need. You're not going to die without it, but there's benefits and there's proven benefits. And these things that I just mentioned are just the tip of the iceberg, for the benefits of physical movement on a regular basis so with that being said it's very similar to attending to your mental health needs so let's talk about some of these benefits and why you should be willing to participate in mental health some sort of mental health practice uh, and focus that might not necessarily involve a therapist okay so let's touch on my personal story just for real briefly for a couple of minutes and then i'm going to give you some examples of some of the, the benefits that you may be missing out on by attending to your mental health needs so um for my personal self like i mentioned like um anytime i've been in a transition moment um i call it like the feeling of being a little like a bird in a nest and if you know anything about like a, there's certain birds that 
um, whenever the baby bird gets to a certain size, the sticks or materials or thorns that were used to create the, the bird nest start to stick the baby bird in the side. It makes the baby uncomfortable um, staying in the nest. And so therefore it becomes more likely to jump out of the nest, right? Now, of course, when you're, and so for me, what I compare these transition moments to that feeling of feeling like the nest is pricking me and I need to address that discomfort. I need to get over my anxiety, the fears that it brings up and the things from my past that it unearths a lot of the time. And so for me, when I feel those things, I don't always reach out for a therapist. This is only the second time that I've actually done this. Um, most of the time when I start to feel these types of things, um, these kind of fears, these kind of anxieties, I attend to my mental health needs in a different fashion. So one of the benefits of attending to your mental health needs that I find personally, whether it's with a therapist or with one of the other options I'm going to mention, is... Um, one major thing is productivity, right? Because I think a lot of the time, whenever, like, if you're, if you're a person who does not routinely focus on your mental health needs and, like, benefits of it, um, you don't realize that you're on this kind of, like, autopilot version of functioning. Um, it kind of reminds me of, like, the first time a person, um, gets a massage and, and they're like, oh my God, like I didn't even realize that the difference, I didn't even, I never thought, never knew that this feeling of release and relaxation was even possible, right? Didn't even realize that they were in a state of discomfort beforehand until they got the massage and it released some things and they felt so much better, right? Okay, so that's what I want you to think about in terms of this mental health thing. You are probably functioning, um, you're moving through life, maybe you, you're whatever it is, you have, your, you have your connections, your relationships in your life, you're doing whatever it is that you do to provide for your lifestyle, provide for your household, but, you know, and you're, and you're functioning, but what if... What if you could function at a more ease, a more comfort, maybe even having the ability to think and process things more smoothly, to be able to assess how you're spending your time with more clarity, right? These are some of the benefits of addressing mental health. Okay, so one of the reasons why a lot of people go to a therapist at least for like short-term durations is very simply because they recognize the, the the counselor or the therapist is a very objective um third party in essence right they're not involved in the day-to-day -day function the decisions that you make don't affect their life path right and so in that way, they're able to be more objective with the advice that they give you. As we all know, if you ask a friend or a relative for advice, without fail, especially if they're a family member, in some way or shape or form, they're attached to the advice that they're giving you, right? Because decisions that you make in your life, in many cases, also affect 
our family and you know and people very close to us and so a lot of the time they don't even realize that they're not doing it malicious they don't really mean to impose their will upon you granted I know I'm pretty sure there's a few that know it but for the most part that's not where they're coming from right they're coming from a space of I really authentically want to be here for you and they don't realize that the advice they're giving is not just about what's best for you but also a hint of what's also best for them right and it's not to say that we should make decisions without considering our loved ones and how it may affect them but at the core of it you do need an objective thought process an objective guide or goal or advice getting um in addition to a therapist a lot of people that I know also look at their their mentors for this kind of guidance. Now, when you're choosing a mentor, you want to make sure that then once again, it's an objective mentor. Okay, um, make sure that you're seeking the advice from someone who is old enough to not try to impose their will on you, right? To not put their own biases into it. Um, you want somebody who is is functioning at a high enough level and is removed enough. To from the decision that you're talking to them about in order to give you that objective advice. And this is the reason why a lot of people end up going with a therapist because this is a person who is trained to view whatever you're saying with much more objectivity than anyone else in your life could possibly do so, right? Nothing against a mentor. I have mentors in my life. Uh, I feel like they are more prone to giving me advice though in their area of expertise, right? Um, Not so much for what I'm talking about, which is this anxiety, this fear, this apprehension. And when I say the word anxiety, a lot of people are like, oh, I don't have anxiety. Well, you may not have clinical anxiety, honey, but we all have anxiety. And so don't even get me started on that. I have an episode about anxiety and, and addressing and recognizing your own personal level because we all have it. If you're a human, you're going to have anxiety about certain things. So personally, I feel like the majority of the time, what actually hinders people is anxiety. I think secondary is feelings of depression and doubt separately, sometimes together. Um, But the doubt a lot of the time comes from anxiety, being nervous. So whenever you're trying to make decision making, you may be clouded by being nervous about a situation, being unsure about your own ability to, you know, to move or operate in this particular situation um for some people if you're going through something that is attributed to grief um and loss uh you may feel some level of depression right um sadness affects our decision making as we know like if you've ever experienced grief you already know you function a bit differently when you're in a grief-stricken situation right even the person who's like i'm the logical one even when i'm depressed man i'm making these decisions i'm operating on autopilot even that is a stress reaction we have stress reactions right we all have different stress reactions and some of them are more productive than others so the person who like holds back their own grief holds back on that release of grief i'm one of those people i tend to hold on to the the like push it to the back Um, Let's make decisions. Let's get things done. And then I'm one of those people that will feel it after the situation has been in some way mediated or, you know, we've gotten past the, the most traumatic portion of whatever the grief cause was. Right. That's that's how I operate. That's how I function. 
And then there's other people who uh, immediately respond by, by crying profusely. There's others in a grief situation who express anger and confusion, right? We all have our own way of approaching grief. And so, you know, we, we know, the reason I'm, I'm identifying the more extreme level in, of grief is because we're more aware of how we respond to depression or feelings of sadness or loss when it's something severe. But we still have those same reactions whenever it's a smaller level situation, right? So maybe someone that you were close to in work at work is no longer there. Maybe they quit. Maybe they were fired. That's a feeling of loss. That's a feeling of grief there. Um, whenever we went going as we're going through the pandemic, right? We we all suffered varying degrees of loss. Even if the only thing that you lost was your ability to move about freely as you used to, right? That's still loss. There's still grief involved in that. So you may have experienced some level of your own grief response, trauma response. So we have to be aware of these things. Like, you know, and just be honest about it. Be honest with yourself. You go through shit. We all go through shit, right? And each of the events that we go through has varying degrees of, you know, these emotions. And not, and, you know, and we also have an equivalent amount of happy emotions, but something that psycholog- psychological professionals will tell you is that even a happy situation can cause anxiety and fear because it is something new, right? It is a change, it is a shift in our norm. And so it's important to still have a weekly something that you do to address your mental health needs, okay? So now we got that out of the way, right? We're all on the same page. Everybody gets it. We got shit to do it, right? We got to adapt. We got to adjust. Even if it's happy things, we have to be prepared to function. Okay. So on the biological front of your mental health is the fact that we all are guided and controlled by hormones. No one has figured out if the hormones come first or if the hormones come out as our body responds to whatever it is that we're thinking, right? Personally, I feel like it's probably the second thing. Like we have a thought, we have a feeling, and our body sends out this emotional chemical to our body to say, hey, this is what I'm feeling in this situation. And our body then responds. It is the reason why those stress hormones tend to increase the likelihood that you will have heart disease. Because if you consistently have too much of the stress hormone, it has negative impact on your body. It affects your cells. It affects your blood, right? So being honest about that, right? Um, and there's different chemicals that come out for different emotions. You know, our anxiety. Um, like right now I'm driving and I'm in a situation where certain things that I'm seeing, I know PTSD level, right? that I've, I've been in a similar environment and had a negative experience, okay? So I recognize that now. I pay attention to it because I notice tightening in my neck and I feel the rush in my stomach and I'm like, mm, uncomfortable, right? And in certain situations, that might be something that helps you survive. But in other situations, you may be having an overreaction to a situation. And... 
that's where like once again if you learn how to process things weekly it helps you cleanse and flush like squeezing a sponge to get it out of you okay and sometimes when there's too much of it and you're having a hard time cleansing out your sponge of your brain and your body that's why some people go ahead and get a therapist involved now some of the things that you can do is exercise on a regular basis now I also advise people that in the midst of exercise is trying to meditate as you're exercising right clearing the brain cleansing the brain um, also people have found that if you think about joyful moments peaceful spaces if you can't be in the peaceful space imagining the peaceful space doing that while you're exercising can be a benefit but also in a situation where you're just sitting at peace like visualizing peaceful spaces being in peaceful spaces you know put yourself in a peaceful environment as often as possible now a lot of people you know since COVID happened people are starting to more routinely you know we've been put into a situation where we're able to put ourselves in more peaceful surroundings um, do that for yourself now now that you've been pushed into you know being able to have more peaceful spaces and, and environments why not choose it for yourself okay um, one of the reasons why I um, often you know do work away from home either at a coffee shop or at a park is because it allows me to feel a change of scenery a change of environment a change of energy You'll be surprised how healing that can be. Even if you're only in that space for 30 minutes, it's still a reset. Science has proven that if you very simply move yourself out of your normal routine and go somewhere, you know, different, it doesn't even have to be completely strange, just something that you don't typically do, going sit by the lake, going for a walk by the river, going on a you know a streetcar going for a drive on the interstate just for 30 minutes and you can do longer because I do longer but you can just 30 minutes right even just that small space of time is giving your brain a reset because our brains react to newness react to change in environment and energy so giving yourself that making sure that it's peaceful for you it needs to be something that says I'm soothed and I am comfortable and this is where I want to be okay so think about that and choose that space for you and every week give yourself at least 30 minutes of that all right so exercise a new environment relaxing environment um, doesn't necessarily have to be new but relaxing something that you don't go to all the time um, these are ways of giving yourself comfort and relaxation resetting the energy in your brain uh, a lot of people say you know good vibes this is a way of giving yourself those good vibes okay all right so jumping forward um, besides getting a therapist um, what else can you do now you can also change what you eat there is a lot of research being talked about more so now than in the past, but we've been hearing food is medicine, food is medicine, food is medicine. There are a lot of YouTube videos recently, I can share some with you, in which they talk about the benefits of certain foods in our lives. So what does that look like? 
Um, a couple of things that people have mentioned is eating things that are more like nuts and uh, nuts and greens. So almonds, pecans, cashews, um, you know, eating like greens like spinach, arugula, um, even like cilantro, um, you know, green leaf, lettuce, collard greens, mustard greens, these greens and these various, you know, almonds and pecans and things have certain chemicals that benefit our bodies and our brains. So utilize that to your benefit. Start eating those more often. Um, drinking, staying hydrated. A lot of people, like we don't have to drink eight glasses. That's another thing that came out in recent medical journals and whatnot is you don't necessarily need eight glasses of water, but you should stay hydrated. Don't allow yourself to get to the point of being like really super drained and dry. You wanna stay hydrated. If you go out and you do exercise, um, definitely make sure that you stay hydrated, okay? Because your brain is made mostly of water. And if you are dry, you don't want your brain to be depleted. You also don't want your heart to be depleted. And if your blood is depleted of water, all of your organs are depleted. Very simply attending to eating and drinking better, giving yourself space and time to be relaxed, giving yourself regular consistent exercise and movement even just movement just walking all of these things are mood boosters they squeeze the sponge they squeeze out the stress and i know it may seem counter may seem intuitive you should know this already right we talk about this all the time but are you doing it a lot of the time we go on autopilot we get home and we crash you need to do these things that squeeze the sponge Laying down in your bed is not going to squeeze the sponge. It is something that is too normal and, and daily for you. It is not going to squeeze the sponge. It, it is a part of the process that you always are involved in. You're not squeezing your sponge. So do these things to squeeze the sponge. And if you need guidance, you know, don't feel the stigma like, oh, I shouldn't have a therapist. Man, get you a therapist sometimes, man. Even if you just talk to the therapist for a few months at a time, you know, every other year, just getting that reset, very important. Think about it in terms of your physical fitness. You do it for your body, do it for your mind because the two are interconnected. I'm sending you all my love and encouragement. As always, this is Word of a Rebel and I'm here for empowerment. Be sure to show up on my social media platforms at Word of a Rebel. Drop me a comment, send me a message. Talk to you guys soon.